When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Sean McCormick and today I'm joined by uh, Lee Ryder and Kira Kelly, fresh from the brilliant <laughs> trip to Norwich at the weekend. Uh, but no fresh is the word. Could yeah. say that again, <laughs> eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, reflections 48 hours on, I've had a bit of time to, to, to think about it. Still as bad as it was at the weekend? Uh, pretty bad, I think. You know, looking at it, without repeating what, what I said on, on Saturday, I just think... The alarming parts of it were that there was no response to when the when they missed the chances they seemed to go into themselves a bit. Didn't have any answer to what Norwich produced, uh, and it was just I, I, I kind of I'm struggling to wonder where the performance come from because they didn't display that against Arsenal. Uh, pre I mean Wolves aside in pre season before Bruce come, they looked relatively organised in pre season. I know you can't read anything to the results of pre season, but. I just that they're not just seem to come from from nowhere little pockets of that performance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the worrying thing for me is the things you expect from a professional football team they weren't doing, and particularly when Bruce is driving home all week that going to Norwich isn't going to be easy. The crowd are going to be up for it. Frack style of play we all know now. I think how uh, intense it is, and as you said, when you had that intensity for at least an hour against Arsenal, where they you know they quitted themselves pretty well. Um, is alarming um two games in that he's already saying he can't forgive players for not putting their boots on you know maybe that happens um traditionally 18 months into a manager's reign maybe when the message isn't getting through to them but when it's happening two games in um yeah it it is worrying because you know those players can do a tactical job you know those players can work hard for each other but that wasn't there on saturday so they have to hope now that it's somehow a one-off and just get out of their system. But you have to go to Spurs then, and that's not easy, is it? As Kieran touched on there, Lee, it was, it was more the manner of the defeat, I suppose, at the weekend. That was the real alarming thing for a Newcastle fan. To go to Norwich and lose 3-1 and to, you know, to kind of submit as the way they did in the second half is really worrying. And the fact that Steve Bruce is already kind of making the demonstrative step of bringing the players in on training for a, for a day off on Sunday... The alarm bells are already ringing for people who may have had the doubts already about Bruce. I just, I just worry that that Steve Bruce and the coaching staff. I wonder if they are they're too worried about what people are saying outside of the four walls of the club. Yeah. Because to say they're coming in on Sunday and for that information to become readily available very quickly after the final whistle, after he'd said in his press conference uh, that he had no problem with the desire. Um, and then said they were coming on Monday. So it, between the press conference and them getting on the bus, he obviously changed his mind. And I just wonder if he's too worried about the noises coming out of the club. I think the, the answers will only lie within. And Newcastle have been in positions like this before. They've turned it round. Um, I'm not sure how many of these players were in the side that beat Man City earlier in the year. Um, but that's what they can do on a good day. Um, so the ability is there, but it's about the organisation. And you just wonder... 
is there enough tactical nows there? I don't know. That's that's a question you, you would have to, to ask the, the coaching team. Um, but secondly, all the players given everything they've got at the moment uh, on, on Saturday, it just didn't look like it. And that, that, that is worrying. And as you say, um, some of the things that are coming out, are that what is said in the press and what is said on social media is, is a different thing to, to what you know, players should be responding to really. They should be responding to what the head coach is saying, what's being said behind the scenes. So I just hope that um, we get this sorted pretty quickly. But the Spurs game uh, is is very daunting. That, that, that's pretty obvious. But Kieran, as Lee touched on there, there there does seem to be this kind of desire from Steve Bruce and his coaching staff to make the right impression with the fans. He, obviously, he's come in amid the whole, this whole storm in the summer that Rafa Benitez has gone, that yeah. anyone wanted. Is the, the issue now that the, the the shadow of Rafa continues to lurk over the players, continues to lurk over Steve Bruce? And as Lee said there, he's saying one thing, doing another. And I think last week as well, the way he dealt with the general villains thing, mm. in terms of he said one thing on Sunday, then he comes out in the press conference on Friday and said, actually, that was my fault. You know, he's not exactly portraying the, this kind of strong figure that the fans kind of need at this time. Yeah, I think with his record, I know um, a lot of fans were saying it's a very mixed record, but he does have a record when it comes into tough situations of somehow steadying the ship at times. And I think Newcastle would have looked at that as one of the big positives of him, that he understands the club, but also that he can kind of cocoon the squad and he's that motivator, all the cliches you associate. Um but you are seeing that spectre Benitez. And to be fair to him, I think when he first came in, he, he took it on head on and said, I know I'm not Rafa. And I actually thought at first, you know, that fair play, that, that's quite a, a noble thing to say. But what you're seeing now as the weeks go on, Benitez is still relevant to this Newcastle story. And that's not to say he shouldn't be. He's going to go down as a legend of the club. He did an amazing job. But the feeling that you can move forward only comes with wins and seeing the manager putting his imprint on the team. And at the moment, you're you're not really seeing what a Steve Bruce team should look like was certainly not what happened on Saturday, was it? So it's tough for him because I think he wants to, anytime he's asked something, he, he does take it on. And with the Benitez thing, you're, you're seeing that, you know, he's asked about the column before the Norwich game already having to respond to that. Um, and, and every week he, he's been asked about Benitez. So I think the only way he can kind of keep that quiet is by performances and by proving that him and his staff, you know, Steve Agnew was someone who has been tipped to be quite a tactical brain, someone who work, does a lot of the tr- stuff on the training ground when it comes to getting the team shaped together. They have to prove now when you're coming up against the Spurs that you can set the team up to not only keep them quiet, but also to somehow counter them as well. And that's the big, big question now going forward. As Kieran touched on there, the, 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 the tactical mouse, I suppose, is getting questioned a bit now because he, Bruce has come in and he's, he's, he's kind of installed this 5-3-2 formation that they're going with. Um, but you know he's, he's also now saying that you'll look at different ways you can improve the team for Tottenham. Does he stick with 5-3-2 or do you, do you change it? Does he have the personnel to change it? Because... A lot of fans will point it and say, if you're going to play that way, you're going to play in wing-backs. But is he playing with natural wing-backs? Possibly not. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes you, you can actually get too sucked in by, you know, talk with tactics and yeah. different formations. And I'm sure there's, like, 
people out there with higher coach qualifications than me that will say this is wrong because I mean we heard a lot about oh there's three centre backs and three centre midfielders but ultimately you're only as good as the players you've got on the pitch and um, he said himself you're only as good as your striker as he said that a couple of times um, and his striker who cost 40 million missed a very close range header at the weekend that you know he should have burst the net with um, so I mean when we talk about things that are relevant you talk about Rafa Benitez there but like to like a lot of people in Newcastle the, the Kevin Keegan team is still relevant the Bobby Robson team is still relevant those were talented players and there was tactics involved um, but more so with the entertainers team Kevin Keegan just to say you know you're better than them go out and play go out and play and, and, and do what you can and, that, and do what you're best at uh, but that was a brilliant team uh, so Steve Bruce has got a try and cajole and squeeze everything out of these players that's what basically Rafa Benitez did that win against Man City Rafa was almost tiptoeing on the pitch at points in that game just getting bits of information across all the way through it must be exhausting for him um, but that's what he did uh, on Saturday there didn't seem to be anybody doing that there was a few shouts from the bench um, but there didn't seem to be anybody basically guiding Newcastle through that game and, and that, that is a worry and the players have got it all to prove at Tottenham, can they go out there and put it, make a much better fist of it? If he does change it, is he making a run for his own back? Because it's only two games in. You know, you it, the, the most ardent Newcastle fan wouldn't expect the miracles, the short time Steve Bruce has been here. Yeah. But there is a clamour from some to change it. If he does change it and it goes horribly wrong, yes. Where does he go from there? That that's exactly it. It's do. You, kind of live and die by your own principles and what you feel yourself this is what we're touching on earlier about the outside in can he cocoon himself away from hearing all those outside voices saying you do this that and the other um he came in and firmly believed 3-5-2 suited the players he had and that meant playing Almiron up front and that's one of the many things you questioned about the Norwich thing that throughout the week they've been worked on Almiron playing higher up the pitch and in the end he's having to come so deep to get involved as a link player leaves Joe Linton isolated so there's a knock-on effect and you're seeing having an extra man in midfield Newcastle aren't dominating possession the midfield's getting bypassed they're not working hard enough off the ball what's the advantage of that and then you're looking at the back three they're looking really exposed at the moment so you're seeing the system as it is it's it it, it was torn apart by a really well-drilled um progressive and fearless side like Norwich um that for it to move forward for me you're going to have to see so much more against Spurs who are you know obviously a much better team than Norwich so I, I think for him yeah, that's the quandary it's something he's going to look at is should I change it but if he does and say he shuts up shop and plays you know whatever six to back or whatever you want to do park the bus uh, and they lose and they get hammered again he's already gone against what he was setting out to do so he has to trust his own judgement I think no matter what but it's whether that ultimately gets the best out of the team at the moment and I think that's a fair question Team selection wise I mean Emil Kraft come in made his debut had a pretty rough time of it come in for Javi Mankiel who you know Newcastle fan he hasn't been the most popular man among Newcastle fans hasn't really done much in his time here but he actually had a good pre-season and I didn't think he played bad against Arsenal Kraft may come good but was that a right decision in hindsight? Well, I had it with the benefit of hindsight, it wasn't because Mankio was, was probably missed. I mean, he, if anyone can do the system that 
was on, on the table that day, it, it's Mankio and maybe it was too much for Kraft to take on board. I don't think it was helped by his miss early in the game. Yeah. I think that was a key moment for everybody. If that goes in, then that you know he's having a dream debut. Newcastle winning one 0 and they've got something to to hold on to. But sadly, uh, you look at it, and that was probably that coupled with Joe Linton's miss. With they were the two moments where it all started to go uh, wrong for Newcastle. And you know you talk about Tottenham and, and parking the bus. I mean, almost for your own sanity, you just think that. Uh, park on the bus is the only way because if they go down there and they get beat five or six then it's an absolute disaster for confidence Yeah. if they go down there they park the bus and it's a respectable enough defeat 2-0, 3-0 whatever, maybe a narrow a narrow defeat um, then at least they would have some confidence going into the two home games against Leicester and Watford and they've got whatever way they've got the look at it they've, they've got to finish this month on a high before that international break because if we're stewing over an international break with no wins on the board uh, and out the cup, then I think that would be horrendous. But it would be typically typically Newcastle as well. Just looking at a few fan questions on Twitter, as Lee just touched on there, to go into the international break without any wins on the board would be tough yeah. for Steve Bruce. The Watford game after Tottenham, because I think most fans would accept that Tottenham is, is anything you get from Tottenham's a bonus massive yeah but then after that week you've got Leicester in the cup which is a tough game Watford at home in the league obviously there's been a lot of noise about wanting to target the cups this season hmm. the Watford game if you look at the first 10 is one of those that you would have pinpointed that Newcastle have to win that game if they don't come out of those games with, with wins yes the season's four games all in the league five games all competitions but is he then under pressure to keep his job yeah I mean as you said, it's remarkable to be even speaking about that, but I think the circumstance of the appointment and given the already the, the fan unrest at the moment in, in general terms of the club, not not with Steve Bruce, he he needs something before the international break, in my opinion, because then you go to Liverpool um, after that and obviously a few of the players will be away on international duty, so that's not exactly a time where he can do lots of work on drills. So they need they need something from that because I think you can see how even you know with Joe Linton's miss how he kind of went into his shell a bit how he got very frustrated he had a late tackle on Max Ahrens got the hip injury looked like he wanted to to come off then to be honest and you're looking at that can easily spread through the team that kind of you know fear almost when you've had a few bad results and you're looking at each other wondering what's going wrong you know when you know they can be so well drilled. You know they can be uh, give any team in the league a really good game on their day. So I think he he knows he's he's he said this, and and we're going back to Benitez again. I'm sorry to compare, but he said that he doesn't feel he'll be entitled to how Benitez started the season last season. There were there were a few tough games, weren't there, in those first ten league games? But because he had so much credit in the bank, it was don't worry, it'll come good, and it ultimately did. To be fair, and. You know they're they're set up in terms of their fitness to, to always peak towards the end of the season with Benitez, but I don't think you can bank on that this time. And Bruce knows he has to make a, a decent start because of everything that's going on in the background. Which, as much as we were saying, he's trying to cocoon and ignore. At, at some point, that just gets overwhelming, doesn't it? Now, I don't want to make this podcast kind of too much of a battering of Steve Bruce. I think you've got to keep a perspective that it is two games in. 
But. <laughs> but. There's always a but. But, but, just looking at when I've asked fans for questions today on Twitter, a lot of the comparison straight away is the Steve McLaren season where Newcastle stuck with McLaren for a long time during that season, kept faith that it was going to turn around. And to be fair to McLaren, there was some performances that year where you thought, oh, they'll, they'll actually have got a chance of turning it around here. Yeah. Ultimately, beat, didn't Spurs have... away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Beat Spurs, beat Liverpool, drew with Chelsea and Man U. Um, but at, at what point do Newcastle, not, not necessarily panic, but look elsewhere with Bruce? Do they keep the faith at doing McLaren or does it have to be a point where they say, actually, this isn't working, we need a change? Uh, for me, I don't think we're in that territory yet. Yeah. And as you say, it, is, it does seem too early to, to be talking in, the, in those terms. Um, I think Mike Ashley won't even be thinking about that at the moment um, because the way he thinks is, he thinks financially. So he, he certainly won't want to be paying up a three-year contract already to three members of staff. Um, you want to give him time. He'll appreciate he's coming under hard circumstances. Um, they both sat down and talked at the training ground. Mike Ashley's basically said, just get on with the job. Um, Lee Charnley and Steve Bruce and Steve Nixon, have, they say they're working very hard behind the scenes to, to get things right. I, I actually think rather than, they, they wouldn't be heavy with Steve Bruce at the moment. Uh, I think they'll be asking him if there's anything else they can do to help them. I think at the very, very worst, um, if this run continued, I think they would be saying, do you need any additional coaching staff? potentially come in this is just my opinion um, they might ask you know whether he wants to bring in another coach a, a different voice uh, but then you get into that thing. I think we were talking about it on mm. on Saturday night weren't we when we were going back to when Brian Robson was at Middlesbrough and uh, Terry Venables come in and then all of a sudden it, it could send out the wrong me- message so they've got to be delicate I think they've got to give the, whether you know people agree with it or not Newcastle will feel they've got to give Steve Bruce a fair crack of the whip even if the loss against Spurs, I think many people would have expected that anyway. It's that Watford and the you know the the cup foul against Leicester. They've got to look at that. So, um, uh, yeah, I don't think we're in that territory quite yet. And I think the players will have something to say. I think there'll be a response from the players. Yeah. Um, it's they've got to respond really because they're the ones that while Steve Bruce has taken a lot of stick in the last forty eight hours, I think the players have been pretty much hammered as well so they've got to come out and, and, and respond and, sh- and show that they're together How important is that player response going to be because throughout the summer they've all talked up Steve Bruce and you know they, they seem like they've enjoyed working under him ready for the new era you know they all respect Rafa Benitez they appreciate what they did what he did for their careers but they were well aware that they wanted to move forward under Steve Bruce they thought they could do that yes it's only two games in but Saturday's performance was so disappointing. How important now is the response against Spurs? Yes, but crucially the two games afterwards to proving that you know they they want to play under Steve Bruce, they want to push forward under Steve Bruce. Yeah, it's massive, and I suppose they have to see that as this is already the low point. Two games in that they can never play that badly again, uh, let alone uh, for the rest of the season. Um, so yeah, it's like you said, they've all been kind of keen to highlight. The positives he brings, how they feel freer in his system, but equally you have to you have to put the yards in. You know, one of the things he was keen to highlight actually in the presser before the game was how no one uh, ran more than Newcastle, or it might only have been Liverpool who ran more than Newcastle against Arsenal. 
and I know you can read a lot into stats and you know well does that not mean you didn't have much of the ball then but you know the the effort was there in that first hour against Arsenal and you could see that the players kind of knew what their their roles were and, and what the setup was but against Norwich it was yeah it was just horrible um to see you know those players can work a lot harder than they did then and that's the frightening thing as I said earlier two games into he wouldn't have expected that to have knocked on his door so quickly so the response from them is going to be telling I think the Spurs game no matter the results they have to play so much better and they have to work so much harder off the ball and cameras are on them this time in terms of you know coverage and like the Arsenal game um, and whatever about who they're playing for it's um themselves you know they, they they've got to play uh for themselves don't they and they, they can't put in another performance like that for me for the rest of the season what was the the, the, the sort of fan feeling like at the weekend because you know you, you, you've got to kind of take yourself out of the social media bubble sometimes and realize that you know that there's a lot of loud voices on there but sometimes they aren't actually the majority speaking in terms of the support they give the team the support they give steve bruce at the weekend what was it like as the first away game of the season? Um, I I think it was there was apathy in the air, definitely. Um, I mean they were encouraging the team at times as as you always do, but when you're watching a team who are two 0 down, three 0 down, who seem to have thrown a towel in, then people are gonna you know maybe say yeah enough enough enough. I mean some people walked out after the second goal. Um, couldn't blame them because it was such a shocking display that that is sometimes better to walk away from a situation when you're angry um, and then the third goal went in with 15 minutes left and then a good few more left and yeah I can totally understand it I sympathise with them they've walked, they've travelled all they've worked hard all week then they've travelled all the way to Norwich and we've done the journey as well it was a very difficult one um, you know having to change trains and some people had to go to London and was it was a shambles really wasn't it in terms of organisation and travel and, and that's the, the train problem but then it, then they go down there after experiencing that and then they're watching shambles on the pitch as well uh, you, you've got to feel sorry for them and you know as I say the next game they've got King's Cross Station isn't even open so uh, they're going to have to either fly down or drive down so and they will they'll, they'll get there um, and they'll be getting behind the team again but yeah, they're frustrating. You, you, you've got to understand that, and the club have got to understand that as well. And if you go to Norwich to watch your team get, you know, tanked by a new promoted team, then you know what, what the response is is going to be clear, clear and obvious. Just moving forward, then, Joe Linton picked up a, an injury at the weekend. Do we know how serious that's looking at the minute? Well, he said he had to go for tests and X-rays, which I think caught a few people by surprise. Because he didn't look comfortable with it, but you didn't think, oh God, could this be a really nasty one? So you're looking at that Spurs game already that potentially might not be involved. You you don't know yet. And when you look at the the bench they had against uh, Norwich, you had four defenders on there kind of out of necessity this time. And Muto and Longstaff were the only kind of players who could change it. And equally, they were like for like substitutes ultimately when they came on. So already <clears throat> up front they're looking a bit light given that Carroll sidelined Gale sidelined and Sam Axman with a hamstring strain they're cautious of not pushing him and 
throwing him in straight away. But you're thinking already, if they had had him on the bench, at least it would have given the crowd something to get behind. Um, he's someone who can pull something out of nothing. We know that already. And you can already feel that potentially he's going to have a big role to play going forward. So for me, yeah, they need they need to get him factored into the thinking when he's fit because the system as it is going forward whatever about the defense and the midfield going forward they need goals and you've got players up there who are not proven in terms of scoring goals in the Premier League so you need the best possible combination to uh, to to do it and I think he's, he has a big role to play going forward but yeah I, I, looking at Spurs and you're thinking how they can hurt that Spurs defense that's that's a big question as much as how to keep them out. In terms of then Sam Maximan and Dwight Gale, how far away are they from returning? Because if you you're looking at it now, Joe Linton's out for a couple of weeks. You've got Muto and Almiron as the really the only two options that can play up front in this three five two system. Does that mean well, first of all, how far are they away? Second of all, does that mean the likes of Roland Lawrence are they still here from coming in the League Cup game? I think to to Maxman he could be back for Spurs that, that's what my understanding of that one is Dwight Gale could be a little bit longer but they're assessing him every day and they're seeing how he's, his calf reacts um, Rolando Ahrens I'm not 100% sure on that one that, can, they, can they play in the League Cup he certainly can yeah. play in the AFL Trophy because Ahrens right. was in the squad uh, last year for that uh, but then he got pulled out to go on loan to Czech Republic I think it was So, but even then it's a whether they would come into Steve Bruce's thinking because then he's all, almost Suggesting that you know he made a mistake by not including them to start with, and Aaron's was unlucky not to uh, yeah to get his chance. So, so look having having Gale back would be a massive boost because he's familiar with the place. He would offer a threat. He doesn't take any crap in the dressing room. You know if anyone's you know not pulling the weight, he's one of the first ones to let people know. And you know he is almost like having another captain in the background um, and. Andy Carroll, hopefully he'll be back uh, in in the fullness of time. That one seems to me about another three or four weeks. So that would be a boost to have him on the pitch. But the minute they've got to go down there with what they've got, and say Maxman would be, you know, just seeing his name on the team sheet, whether he's on the bench or on the start lineup, would be a big boost. Just the final one on the the team selection that we get. Key coming for Sean Longstaff. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Sean Longstaff's been massively impressive for Newcastle possibly had one of his poorer games against Arsenal but I still felt it was a shock to see him not on the team on yeah. Saturday yeah, it's... he could come on set up the goal do you think he comes back into the team for Tottenham? Yeah I suppose it's Bruce was keen to emphasise he wasn't dropped tactical reasons it was coming back from a knee injury that even though he'd featured in um, all the games since he's come in but pre-season and obviously playing against Arsenal that it wasn't because of his performance against Arsenal and it's easy to forget long stuff I think he's only played about 11 or 12 games for Newcastle but you just see him already as one of the first names on the team sheet so yeah I think we were all oh that's that's different not seeing him there for me I think the way that system was you had Hayden peeling off to the right I thought Hayden was one of the better players on the day uh, swung in some really good crosses but key on the left for me was wasted um, he's it, it did he didn't suit that position so, you know, if you're going to go with that system again, I think Longstaff obviously has the energy. And one thing I'll say about him is we probably haven't seen always what he can do when it comes to breaking into the box and what he did with Kilmarnock and Blackpool, I think for me, is transferable um, to that system. And 
one of the things Bruce wants is a spread of goal scorers and for me you're, you're going to be looking to long staff potentially to chip in with five six goals this season so I think he's a, a key role to play but it, it's just kind of it seems Bruce is having that at the back of his head that a he's still getting used to the rigors of the Premier League still and b he's come back from the first serious injury of his career so it's a balance but equally can he afford to be like that when already the stakes are getting high aren't they what we mean if John Joe Shelby start the season league because he seems to be kind of like the fulcrum in this, in this midfield three. As, as he's Kieran touched on there, Caden's kind of more the right-hand side, bombing on. Longstaff, if he plays, is going to be on the left-hand side, kind of occupying that sort of attacking zone. It's a different rule Shelby's playing now to what he's played in the past for Newcastle. Mm. How, have you made, how have you assessed his first two games? I think he's been... Playing a lot of long balls forward. If you look at the statistics, he's been lumping it forward, and one of the problems is that there seems to be a lack of cohesion with the the front men because those balls haven't been um, accurate. I mean, it's, all, it's a bit like the, the Matt Ritchie situation. He's putting a lot of crosses in in games, but no one's getting on the end of them, and they're either going in too early or too late, and it's just there's a lack of cohesion between the departments, the midfield and the attack. Um, when Rafa go back to Rafa Benitez, <laughs> uh, when Rafa was here uh, he would play often two two hold midfielders wouldn't he and it would be uh, a lot more defensive but you know it, it just seemed to be the right thing for Newcastle to do because they weren't going to um, annihilate teams so they were always going to win if they were going to win they were going to win narrowly and at the end of the day you know a game like Tottenham They'd be well advised to to play as defensively as possible. Um, what whether Shelby would be a big part of that? He certainly wasn't under Rafa Benitez. He didn't seem to fancy him in any of the systems he played. So it's yeah. It's, he I mean he's got fantastic ability on his day, but it's just finding that right formation um, and right position for him. But you could make that you could make that case for almost any other players at the moment. Moving on then, <laughs> we think we've, we've had quite enough of the boys talk now, we've managed to get half an hour out of it. Um, we should have a Rafa box every time. We should, yeah. Penny. I'm sure that'll continue for, for a while. But um, moving on to transfers, um, obviously the Premier League transfer window is shut, but players can still leave. We touched on Rolando Aaron's there. Um, you've got the likes of him, Ashraf Azar, Henri Savé, Jack Colback. You know, Jamie Sterry players who aren't registered. Mm. Is there any kind of development in terms of their futures and what what could happen in the coming weeks? I mean, you, the players you reel off that's a lot of money on wages. It's six figures for them at least, um, and they can't find they can't find uh, clubs who are prepared to pay the money. I mean, someone like Jamie Sterry hasn't played played one game, one one senior game for Crew last season, so clubs are. Because the clubs have got all the data and the software these days, they're looking straight. At, they're getting off at a player, someone like Jamie Sterry. Then they're looking at, well, well, how many games he played? One game last season. Saying, well, he hasn't got the experience. Is he going to be fitting all these kind of questions? And then the, the the big question is, well, how much does he want? And if it is five or six grand a week, then some of the smaller clubs, some of the Scottish clubs as well, they they don't want to pay that. They can't afford it. So. That is the problem for players like Aaron's and Sterry. Uh, Seve, a bit more different, he's a more senior player. 
he'll want a big sign on fee wherever he goes. Um, so, so Newcastle got this. They've got a problem because the, the lowdown is is that these players, if they can't get clubs, then they'll be happy to stay here. If they get shunted down to the under twenty three base, then they're not bothered because they're still getting, you know, some of them picking up thirty two grand a week. So they'll be happy to continue picking that up and going to work out in the gym. What a nice lifestyle. Um, and then they'll wait until the contracts go down to get a club that way. So that's the modern player, unfortunately. Suppose it's an interesting dynamic and you know, let's put a penny in the Rafa Benitez jar again. Oh, I forgot to. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, there you go, handbook. I'm quite stringent on that. But um, under Rafa, the likes of Callback were just kind of shunned, weren't they? Um, and if you if you if you not involved in my in my twenty five man squad, you're not going to be involved in the first team training sessions until you move on. Yeah. It doesn't seem like Steve Bruce has that kind of attitude towards it. Yes, they're not involved, but if you look at all the training pictures, they're still involved in the yeah, first yeah. team training. As Lee touched on there, the likes of Aaron's and Callback could actually be happy to wait till January and see if they can force their way back into the plans. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you know. Again, people will then draw comparisons to the Rafa thing, look at it and go, well, why is why are these guys still included? Why are they happy to stay at Newcastle? Is the motivation not to leave and play first-team football? Yeah, and Bruce said it was, you know, one of the hardest things he had to do was to tell them they weren't getting a squad number when you think a lot of those lads were heavily involved in, in China and uh, a couple of them in the, the games since. I suppose, yeah, it, it's a tough one because I think... To be fair to Callback, he probably would have thought he was going to get a squad number. Then you got uh, five players in the last 16 days coming in, including an Englishman and Andy Carroll. So that automatically takes one of the English slots for, uh, you know, Callback might have looked at. Aaron's, I think it was a bit strange. You know, we always read too much into preseason, but the, the last preseason game, he's starting at left wing back. And you're thinking if Richie had not been fit, you know, maybe he would have started against Arsenal. So... It's a tough one. Um, I, I do think, with someone like Aaron's, he's shown he he's willing to go out on loan. But these players now, for me, it, it's gone beyond just going out on loan again. You know, you're looking at Saive did it last season. Callback's done it. They kind of have to see this now. Maybe as a point, as uh, it's not going to work out in Newcastle. They've kind of seen past Benitez, who that maybe they would have expected to have been here the start of the season maybe they're thinking okay I'm not going to get another chance to get the chance of Bruce but given the rules they can't force their way in so yeah it's it's one of those where you think they probably should move on but equally championship window closed when the squad went in that's where I think probably for a few of them their best chance was was getting a move to a championship team now you're looking at Scotland and you're thinking well some like callback, you know, Hearts have got Glenn Whelan in, so they're looking at experience. Then you're looking at beyond that, are they prepared to go somewhere a bit different in Europe, like Aaron's did Czech Republic last season? I'm not so sure if Aaron's would want to do that again. So it's you could see it from both sides. I think it's not an ideal situation for anyone, but the reality is potentially for all of them to knock to get moves by the end of the European windows. I'd be very surprised if all of them do. Um, and that's not an ideal situation, as we said, when they're on decent money. Just wanted to keep an eye on certainly um, before the end of August. In terms of outgoings, um, Elias Sorensen and Kevin Watts both got low moves this week to lead two clubs. Both made the debuts at the weekend. Positive moves for both of you guys? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, 
go back to Paul Dummett when he was a young lad and they, they were asking around the dressing room, you know, does anyone want to go to Gateshead? And he was one of the only ones who put his hand up and he's from that from that squad he's one of the only ones left in the game you've got to get out and get experience uh, Kel Watts done well last season in the you know, 23s but for me you're watching players they come through the under 18s they play in the under 23s and I think honestly once you've played more once you've played around 15 to 20 games in the under 23s you can't learn too much more yeah. you've got to get up there you've got to play real football if you like and there's too many players down the years who've spent too much time uh, in the in the second string, I mean, Carl Roberts, being one of them, played you know, on loads of games uh, with the under twenty threes, and I'll say you can do well at that level, but you you're not going to go too much further. So for them to to get them out on loan is it's a massive plus. Uh, Watts will benefit from it. He's quite a mature lad, and you know you can play in different positions, so you'll you'll see it as a, a real opportunity. And Sorensen has just needed game time. He didn't get it at Blackpool. Carlisle must have surely made a pledge that they are going to give him the games because he wouldn't have gone there without them. He's desperate to play um, and hopefully he can do well. And the, the good thing with the Carlisle um, move is that it's not too far from here and Newcastle can you know keep people uh, checking on him and you know seeing how he's getting on. And hopefully he gets the goals and it's a, it's a good club as well. So let's uh, keep our fingers crossed for them both. And in terms of Sorensen, Kieran, obviously a, a man who did very, very well for the under-23s last year then had an absolute nightmare. He went to Blackpool. I suppose this is kind of the acid test for Sholam Yobi in the, the old loan coordinator role that like mm-hmm. him in this year. It's a thing that a lot of Premier League clubs do now. Um, the acid test of, of his role and the success of his role is going to be the likes of Sorensen, the likes of Watts and how many games they play for Stevenage and Carlisle and how well they do, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's there's been responsibility, and I suppose the good thing in a way is that these moves, in some ways, are happening later in the window. They've obviously been very careful in the clubs they're choosing this time, because you saw with Sarns and you know Newcastle would have officials going up to meet with their manager, checking in on him, and you'll get to a stage where the Blackpool manager could only name a certain amount of players on the bench who fitted a criteria, and that the reasons for him getting left out were just getting more and more bizarre as it went on, and. I think the the kid just wants to play, doesn't he? And he wants to get that chance in league football. So, um, yeah, I think they're both really positive moves. And, you know, that's ultimately what Amiobi is going to be judged on. I, I think out from the outside in, everyone knows what he did for the club, but it's you've got to earn your stripes in that role. And it's becoming an important role in football now. You're seeing a lot of the clubs having these armies of players out on loan. And it seems strange then that you employ someone just to keep an eye on them. But I think someone like him that's, that's a good thing and it can only help those players going forward, hopefully. Freddie Woodman has started well and known as he at Swansea. I mean, it's been a massive bane of his frustration over the years that he hasn't had more of these load moves. Mm. He's now playing regular championship football, but a keep of his quality, this probably should have happened before now, shouldn't it? Oh, long ago, this is one of the, the nightmares of the squad for Newcastle and the, they were too stubborn to send him out last year. Um, they made him sign a new contract in order for him to get the loan. He's gone down there. And he's you know getting in the swing of things again. He's had a very good start, and you'd expect him expect them to get stronger and stronger because um, you look at other players. I think Angus Gunn was around the, the same yeah. level as him at one point, and then he's gone. He, he's really pushed on. And Freddie Henderson, the Sheffield United as well. Exactly. So and Woodman's, he's behind them now. So 
it was vital for him to to get out and hopefully it, it can be a, a plus for for both the, the player and the club. But there are still some huge clubs watching him. I know that that for a fact. I know Celtic are very interested in him. So you know Newcastle will have to look at it very carefully what what they do after this season. But for now, if you can go and get forty plus games under his belt, then it'll benefit him immensely. Just to catch up, I know our loan signing Kira Jato Murphy joined Sheffield Wednesday scoring his debut. It's a big season for him as well, isn't it? Because you know he's still young, he can still turn things around at Newcastle, but he, he needs that kind of regular period of very good performances for Sheffield Wednesday to force his way back in. It can't just be a mediocre loan spell. Yeah, you're you're already looking at that similar to I suppose Aaron's at Sheffield Wednesday, where it's kind of not make or break, but he really has to take it by storm and. It's yeah. It it still makes you wonder that transfer when it happened. You know, it was it was quite an exciting one. He felt he had so much potential, but it's just not really happened for him there. And again, that was another one. Bruce agonized over to leave him out of the squad because, uh, you know, I think we we know there's there's something in there that that is a really exciting player and something different to what Newcastle have in certain areas. But yeah, he he just needs a really good loan um, because. He's got to put himself back in the picture next summer, but you feel it, it has to go well for him this one. And just just touching on Matt Youngstaff as well, Lee, obviously it's a player that you followed for a long time in the under twenty threes. Um very good preseason, got a squad number. I think, you know, he probably wasn't expected to be involved in the first two games, but what's the club's plan for him now? Because it felt as if like August was going to be a kind of a time to assess what his position was. Would he be involved in the League Cup game, and from then on, would he remain or will he go on loan? Because I know that he's had certainly had interest from football league clubs. Yeah, he's had, there's, there's a long queue of clubs trying to sign him. Newcastle uh, said that I mean, very close to being on the bench on on Saturday. He travelled to Norwich with the team, so that shows you how close he is at the moment to to being involved and in, you know maybe getting a Premier League or League Cup debut. So I think. I would expect him to get some minutes against Leicester. Uh, whether that'll compromise with what Steve Bruce has said about his views on the cup uh, and, and playing a strong side. But for me, putting Matty Longstaff in would be a strong move because he's a very talented um, young player and he, he certainly bring things um, you know, away to Preston. I think he, he steamed in on a really rough challenge with, with a Preston captain. So he's not scared, he's not intimidated by playing at this level and I think hopefully uh, he gets minutes sooner rather than later. I mean, personally, I think it would be great to see both Longstaff brothers in the midfield um, and, the, you know, based on the performances at Norwich in midfield, I think uh, they've got to, be in with a, got to be in with a shout. And just finally, in terms of the transfers, is there any other loan moves you'd expect to happen? Is there any, any 23 moves in the offing? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd say the, the Matty Longstaff one, people will be you know, knocking on the door, but the, I would say it's going to be a busy 10 days. Um, I think there'll be definitely a couple more going out on loan. Uh, it's down to Shola to, uh, to to pull out some clubs now and, and get the moon, but, you know, it can only be a positive for the club if they can trim some of the wage bill down. As you, you've, you've already touched on it there, some of these players, you know, they need to need to leave the club because they're not, they haven't got a squad number here, they've got no future. But all they're doing is draining the club's finances, and I know they signed the contract, they were committed when they, they signed it. But realistically, it would be great to see some of these big earners come off the books because Newcastle have got to get ready for January now. 
Okay, I think we'll leave things there for today. Thanks, Lee, and thanks, Kieran, for your views, and thanks to all of you for listening as usual. Um, we'll be back later in the week with a preview of the trip to Tottenham. Um, until then, stick with us and Chronicle Live. We'll be bringing you all the updates of all things Newcastle United in terms of transfers and all the build up to that trip to Tottenham. So, thanks again for joining us. We'll speak to you guys soon.